Lots of channels, nothing to watch, especially if you're searching for the truth. It's time to interrupt your regularly scheduled programs with something actually worth watching. Salem News Channel, straightforward, unfiltered, with in-depth insight and analysis from the greatest collection of conservative minds like Hugh Hewitt, Mike Gallagher, Sebastian Gorka, and more. Find truth. Watch 24-7 on SNC.TV and on Local Now, Channel 525. Welcome to the Pat Williams Power Hour on the new 950 WTLN. This is your hour when Orlando Magic Senior Vice President Pat Williams sits down and speaks with authors who have written books on topics of interest and insight for listeners like you. And now, here's your host, Pat Williams. Greetings once again. Every weekend uh, we do this. It's the Pat Williams Saturday Evening Power Hour. It's the new AM 950 WTLN in Orlando, Florida. We always look forward to having you with us. Uh, Jeff Sennis engineers this show each weekend, and Andrew Herdliska produces it. And Rhonda Ray is uh, our first guest, and uh, she lives near St. Louis. Her book is out. It's called Join the Insanity, Crazy Fun Life in the Pastor's Wives Club. Uh, New Hope Publishers put the book out. Rhonda, nice to talk to you. And Great to be on with you, Pat. Thanks. Oh. On Power Hour, no less. Oh, yes. Yeah, well, that's why you're with us, Rhonda. We brought you in to uh, juice up the power here a oh, little bit. Oh, I feel the power. I can feel it. Uh, now, now, what's the, what's going on here with your book? What, what, what are you doing here? Well, you know, uh, I am a pastor's wife, and, um, you know, ministers' wives kind of tend to, I don't know, we don't get to very much. It's really hard because um, everybody's dealing with their own families and their own ministries, and yet there are some things that are unique, sort of, to what we do, the blessings and the, let's say, challenges, okay? <laughs> and uh, and really, a lot of them just need a good dose of laughter. So so we plugged in a lot of that, and uh, and it's been great fun. In each chapter of the book, I pulled in um, another pastor's wife in some sort of aspect of ministry. It's really cool because, um, you know, the publisher came to me and asked if I would consider writing this book, and I said, well, wouldn't you like somebody, you know, who does it right? And, you know, this whole minister's wife thing. And they said, no, we want you to do it. So <laughs> so I thought, well, if it's going to be me, then I should at least pull in some women who know how to do it right. And uh, so there's a paragraph uh, contributed by different women whose husbands are in all different kinds of aspects of ministry, one in each chapter, and they just get real, and they get practical, and they get very transparent. So it's, I, I have just um, had a blast with it. Really. Chapter 2, for example, Swimming in the Fishbowl Without Sleeping with the Fishes. A scrutinized life probably won't kill us, but what do we do with all those extra eyeballs? What's that about? Well, you know, um, we do kind of do life with an audience as ministers' wives. Uh, you know, you raise your kids with an audience. You you do everything with an audience, and and some you know some of us are built for that. Some of us uh, some of us kind of resent the spotlight. Some of us, like me, we kind of hog the the spotlight. But you know, that's just me. <laughs> but but for women who you know tend to like to be in the background, this can be a really challenging thing. Uh, but you know, it, it's just a kind of encouragement to think about um, how many people in the Bible, for instance, had to do life with an audience, and how God blesses life with an audience, and how it's a great way to multiply. Our ministry, and so really, there's just some, some encouragement there to, um, you know, it ain't going to kill you. Just go, go ahead and be you. And when you mess up, fess up, and and just move on. <laughs> Chapter three: Positively positive, taking on the mind battle to get rid of negative thinking and focus on the positives. Well, not that there's anything negative that ever goes on in ministry, because that's just not the way it happens, right? (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, at any minute in life, there are probably, I don't know, there's probably five things, at least, let's say, that we could dwell on that are kind of breaking our heart a little, or or making us a little miffed, or, or 
being a, you know, just a real challenge. At the same time, there are probably dozens and dozens and dozens of reasons that we can rejoice. And every one of those minutes we have, uh, you know, at every one of those turns, we have a choice. Are we going to dwell on and, and let those negative things bring us to a very negative place all the time? Or are we going to appreciate and be thankful for those positive things? So really, it, that's just a challenge to not get so sucked into the negative stuff because negative stuff is going to breed more negative thinking and more negative thinking until that's really all you can see and you just kind of get even comfortable in there. It's weird. So it's really just a challenge to come on out of that and let's look at the positives and let's be thankful for those. Uh, What's this about, Rhonda? When there's a P-dub rub... Encouragement in dealing with those friction-focused folks who seem to consistently rub us the wrong way. <laughs> well, you you probably never met any people like that, Pat. <laughs> it, uh, there there are people, believe it or not, though, in ministry that um, they can kind of get on your nerves. <laughs> there are people who require a little more. Anyway, let's just say they're a little more high maintenance. It, I can say that because it uh, takes one to know one. You know, some of us are a little more high maintenance, and 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 really, um, it's this is a challenge to love people even when they're getting on your nerves, <laughs> and how to, you know how we can love them, and and really the only way we can do that is through Jesus and through putting on the same kind of servant heart that He has. My guest is Rhonda Ray. Her book is called Join the Insanity, Crazy Fun Life in the Pastor's Wives Club. Next topic, Rhonda, Wounded Warrior. Annoyances are one thing, but what do we do when we're truly wounded? Embracing forgiveness, finding comfort, and moving beyond the hurt. Yeah, and that's true. You know, we're all going to have those people in our our lives who just kind of rub us the wrong way and 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 they're you know they get on our nerves but it's an entirely different thing when someone hurts you i mean truly wounds you and i tell you it's really sad pat i've met women um, whose husbands are in the ministry all over this country who are uh wounded they're still in pain and they're having a hard time climbing out of that and getting beyond that and really um it takes a miracle that's what it takes Fortunately, I have a God who is in the miracle business, and there is no wound that's too deep that His grace won't reach there. You know, it, He He can help us in how to forgive. Now, you know, forgiving it's um, it's really easy for God because <laughs> He, you know, He forgives. He well, separates our sin as far as the east is from the west. It never comes up again. We are not as good at it as God is. And so, you know, I've talked to I've talked to women before who said, you know what, I tried forgiving this person. I asked God to help me forgive and it worked for like five minutes and then I found myself all angry and bitter again. Well again, we're not as good at it as God is. So sometimes we have to pray and ask God to by his grace Help us forgive just as Jesus forgave us. Help us forgive right now. And then in five minutes, guess what? We might have to do it again. And then we might have to do it again ten minutes later. But as we see him work that in our lives, you know, sometimes he does. He does. He just answers immediately and you don't deal with it anymore. Sometimes I think he wants us to continue coming to him. It's a great way to seek him, to depend on him minute by minute. And so we might have to come to him again in 10 minutes. But we see, um, we can see his work in our lives as five minutes becomes 10 minutes, becomes three days, becomes, you know, two years down the road when you can look back and actually see the progression. And you find yourself, and this really is a miracle, you find yourself praying that the Lord will bless that person who has wounded you. You know what? That's just the kind of big miracle my God can do. I've seen him do it in my life. I've seen him do it in the lives of others. It's an amazing thing. 
Rhonda Ray is our guest, and we're talking about her book, Join the Insanity, uh, Crazy Fun Life in the Pastor's Wives Club. <clears throat> We've got another segment with Rhonda, and when we come back after these messages, uh, we're going to be talking about uh, fixing a P-dub flub, an epic fail. We've all had one, failures and shortcomings that actually bless others, totally possible, There is mercy and there is victory. That's the topic, uh, Rhonda, that we're going to hit on when we come back. Uh, This is the Pat Williams Saturday Evening Power Hour. It's the new AM 950 WTLN in Orlando. Uh, Stay with us. We'll be right back with you. More of the Pat Williams Power Hour in just a moment on the new 950 WTLN. Dr. Robert Burke, Mayo Clinic-trained, board-certified cardiologist with a message to all men over 30. Man boobs. Well, it's not the clinical term, but it's what my male patients call it. If you're storing fat around your chest, stomach, and love handles, it's not healthy, and chances are it's not your fault. It could be your hormones. As men age, our bodies produce estrogen, a female hormone that can cause flabby chests and bellies, love handles, weak muscle tone, lower energy, and poor sexual performance. I tell my patients try regimen before considering shots, patches, and drugs. I formulate a regimen to power up natural testosterone. More importantly, it helps slow estrogen to help you regain that youthful, muscle-toned guy you used to be. Try a 30-day supply absolutely free. Just pay shipping and handling. Get your free 30-day supply now at RepairLowT.com or call 1-800-777-9291. 800-777-9291. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. Regimen is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Hi, everybody. It's Pete Piquette, your morning host here at the new 950 WTLN. And I'd like to welcome back a computer program here on the weekends, very familiar to our listeners. It's Tech Talk and more. Saturday afternoons at 4 from Palm Tree Computer Systems and Jinx IT. They are the experts on any problem you might be having, downloads, uploads, software, hardware. You've got questions? These experts have the answers. And you never know when you could win something pretty cool. It's Tech Talk and more. Now Saturday afternoons at 4 on the new 950 WTLN and WTLN. This is Dennis McKenzie for Families by Design. Strong families are designed by God. Do you want your family designed by God? For inspirational principles for today's families, listen to Families by Design with your hosts, Dr. Daniel Forbes and Dr. John Brooks. Families by Design airs every Sunday at 9 p.m. That's Families by Design on the new 950 WTLN. Listening to the Pat Williams Power Hour on the new 950 WTLN. And now, here's Pat. Rhonda Ray is with us. Her book, Join the Insanity. Okay, Rhonda, we set the stage before that break, so uh, fill us in about this fixing a P dub flub. Fixing a P dub. I probably should explain the P dub tag first because sure. you, know, you have to get the entire etymology here. P-dub, pastor's wife, P-W, P-dub. I, I think it's originally from the, um, you know, Greek or Hebrew or Aramaic or something really spiritual. Um, c- can we say that anyway? We'll, we'll just, <laughs> we're just going to assume that's what I'm, But, um, yeah, fixing a P-dub flub. Now, not that I've made any mistakes personally ever, <laughs> but I hear other ministers' wives do. Okay, yeah, I know. I, I almost said that with a straight face, but nope. <laughs> <laughs> One of the wonderful things to really find out in your walk with Christ is that our failures do not have to make us a failure. <laughs> we don't have to wear that label. Um, because uh, it, when we handle our mistakes um, with grace, when we handle them biblically, when we confess our shortcomings, when we confess our sins, before others, and and we make that right, you know, it's it's a glorious thing. We can actually um, teach other people by how we handle our shortcomings. We can teach them how to handle theirs. We can teach them a lot about uh, humility and about forgiveness and about, you know, what they should do when, when they mess up. And so uh, every time we find ourselves um, in a pickle of our own making, something that um, so- somewhere where we have had some kind of an epic fail. If we will deal with it 
biblically, if we confess and we turn from and we tell people and we don't try to sweep it under the rug or try to um, to make it seem like it's okay, you know, to, to rationalize it, um, then we can actually let that be a testimony of the grace of God and how he can make failures into victories. Now I want you to talk about constructing myself a pedestal. Uh, what does a spiritual giant look like anyway? Reminding ourselves exactly what makes us spiritual people. Yeah, it's funny. In uh, As a pastor's wife, I have found that people will have these expectations, you know, and um, and a lot of them kind of put you up on a pedestal. Now, I'm not going to lie. Sometimes we like that, <laughs> but we don't want to, to make this pedestal or to let anybody else make a pedestal and, to, and then, you know, just find ourselves climbing on top of that puppy because it's a, it's a long, hard fall from there. <laughs> but, but, you know, when the, when the Bible talks about um, a spiritual giant, it's something completely different, right? I mean, it's, mm-hmm. a, a spiritual giant is the person who knows how to serve. Um, the one who is the least will be the greatest. And so, so really, um, if we want to be on the right kind of pedestal, what we are is on our faces, washing dirty old disciple feet and, uh, and finding ourselves um, in a place where, you know, this is not above me. I will humble myself, and I will become the servant that Jesus wants me to be. Now I want you to talk about don't go down with the friendship, keeping friendships aloft. It's normal to feel lonely when we're surrounded by so many people looking at what to do with that loneliness and taking a close look at close friends. Yeah, you know, uh, it, it really surprised me Um, in talking with ministers' wives all over the country, that one of the number one complaints of of wives in ministry um, is the the loneliness. That surprised them. It surprised me, feeling lonely. When you're surrounded by so many people, how is it that you can feel lonely? But, you know, we kind of have to do friendships a little differently sometimes as ministers' wives because there there are things in the that happen in the church that, you know, really aren't for public knowledge, and so we can't just share everything that's on our heart. And we also find that people do friendship with us a little differently sometimes. Either they want to be our friend for um, reasons other than we're just such a great friend, or they, they are kind of standoffish and don't really want to get close because um, they think we are some sort of spiritual giant. I hate to tell you this, but, um, you know, people are are sometimes intimidated um, when they find out you're a pastor's wife. Well, well, once they get to know me, and this is sad, Pat, they're not intimidated anymore. (laughs) (laughs) It's, It's really kind of a sad thing, but... But my encouragement to ministers' wives is, listen, you know what? We need each other. Women especially. We're, we're designed needing a connection with other women. And so I encourage ministers' wives, do not give up. Don't go down with that friendship. You keep those friendships afloat. <laughs> and sometimes that might mean doing things a little differently. It might mean making some extra effort. Um, it, you, you know, But whatever it takes, I'm going to tell you, um, God designed us with the need for a connection to people, and so when we do things God's way, there is blessing. So don't give up. And now I want you to talk about leftovers again. When your husband is meeting the urgent need du jour at church, it can feel as if the church gets first dibs on him, and the wife gets whatever's left. How do we deal? <laughs> well, there are times in um, a minister's life when... Um, you know, he can't really, you know, he's not going to make the soccer game. He's not going to be at dinner on time. People can be very inconsiderate about um, what time they have to have that emergency surgery. They don't call us ahead. <laughs> or, you know, when there's a tragedy in their family, they don't warn us ahead of time. And our husbands 
have to go. And sometimes they, our husbands are in busy, busy seasons when we, you know, we don't get as much of them as we would like. So I, I really um, challenge women to, to, to keep a balance between two sides of that coin. On the first side, you know, you have to, to be able to openly and honestly approach your husband and say, Honey, I feel like I'm kind of far down on your list of priorities, and I know you're busy right now, but we are going to need some us time. <laughs> and just let him know when you're feeling that. And then on the other side of that, there are times when his schedule is not going to budge, and we have to rely on the grace of God to get us through those times, understanding that there's going to be a time in the future where we'll have a little bit more of it, and, uh, and then we work to make that happen. What we really have to be cautious of is not manipulating him or guilting him. Listen, the man's already stressed. So, <laughs> so just being there, supporting him in that ministry, and then uh, making sure we do what it takes to get that time together, too. And now I want you to talk, Rhonda, about the perfect P-Dub Grub, real spiritual food for real women, everything we truly need for victorious, successful P-Dubbing. <laughs> we, um, we can get so spiritual <laughs> that we forget the spiritual basics. And really, this happens to, to everybody. You know, once you've been a Christian for a few years, and you open up your Bible in the morning for that, um, that time in the Word, and you look at it and you think, wow, I've already read this passage like 27 times, so... Or can I just skim through this one and listen? We'll have our maybe we'll have our prayer time a little bit later, and we can start thinking that we are above some of the things that no one is ever above. And so we have to be careful to stay plugged in to the Word of God. It is our instruction book for life, and there's no way we can handle all this other stuff without um, without being equipped. By the Word of God, we have to make sure we stay plugged into um, prayer and have Him um, equipping us to do the ministries that we do by the indwelling presence of His Holy Spirit. We have to make sure we're not thinking that we are above any of these things that are our lives. Listen, there ain't no way we can love some of these people <laughs> without without the Lord doing it in us and through us. And so we have to stay connected. Now, Rhonda, let's talk about another interesting topic. Loving the hub in the P-Dub Club. There's joy in loving our husbands well, remembering that we're the only ones who can help our pastor feel he's a successful husband. Guarding our marriages. Yeah, and really, this is a this is a topic for every woman, too. I mean, I, I think it's... Um, it's vital as a minister's wife because we do marriage very publicly. Um, but it's vital for every woman to make sure she's loving her husband. And it's true. We have a great power. You know, I am the one and only woman who can make my husband feel like he is a successful husband because he's only a husband to me. And and there's a lot of power there. And he can, um, our husbands can be revved up for ministry um, because of uh, because of the marriages and, and what they're experiencing, mar- experiencing in marriage. Or, um, you know, they can be weighted down and we can make them feel like failures. And so, um, so we want to do everything we can to make that husband um, feel like a successful husband. And the more we do that, the more he wants to be a su- successful husband. So so we do want to guard those marriages and do whatever it takes. Now we're going to talk about another topic. When Papa ain't happy, what are we supposed to do when our husband is suffering, coming alongside your husband in his pain? And, and really, that's what it is. It's coming alongside him in his, in his pain. It's not saying... Uh, hey, hey! Look, you just need to get over this and move on. And it's also um, knowing how to uh, encourage him, watching for danger signs of depression, and encouraging him to 
to get help when he needs to get help or counseling when he needs to get counseling. You know, ministers deal with the junk of so many people, and it's a lot of heavy-duty junk, and it can be... um, it can it can just weigh a person down, and so we need to help help him, come alongside him, make sure he's eating well, getting exercise when he can, all the things that are really hard for him to do, <laughs> and uh, and just being there, really praying for him, um, asking God to do those things in and through him that are beyond his strength and ability, and uh, and also encouraging him to take a break when he needs to take a break. Now, the next topic I want you to talk about, Rhonda, is his and hers matching burnout. One of the number one distresses of pastors and their spouses, burnout. Let's talk about burning up and not out. Yeah, busyness. Man, it can be overwhelming. Of course, busyness only happens to ministers and their families, right? (laughs) (laughs) But anytime we find ourselves um, so busy that we... We can't really that we can't really even say grab our time with the Lord. Or, or uh, here's the deal: God gives us exactly enough energy and time and everything we need to do everything that He's called us to do. And if we have more to do than we have energy or time or whatever to do, then guess who's added on to the list? It's not God. <laughs> so mm. I think sometimes we put a whole lot of things on our to-do list that um, that he, you know, that God is not necessarily calling us to do. And so uh, we have to sort out that to-do list, uh, and we have to do it often. We have to analyze our, our calendar and um, see what needs to go when we're starting to feel burnout. Whenever, you know, whenever we're, we're doing the work that God calls us to do, there's a real passion and energy there, and that's God-given. Now, there are things in everybody's ministry that they're going to have to do that aren't exactly in their wheelhouse of giftedness, and we all are called to do that. It's a duty, but, <laughs> but we want to make sure that we don't get stuck in those places of duty and not really exercise our spiritual gifts because that's where we're going to get revved up in ministry. That's where the passion is. And when we are too, uh, when we're too long um, working outside of our area of giftedness, that's when burnout happens, and we'll get discouraged. Rhonda Ray has been our guest. We've got another guest right after this on the Pat Williams Saturday Evening Power Hour. It's the new AM 950 WTLN. More of the Pat Williams Power Hour in just a moment on the new 950 WTLN. One of the biggest joys of any church, growing the congregation and bringing new members, also presents one of the biggest problems, the challenge of having to renovate or even build new buildings. That challenge is further complicated by the complex network of local building codes and regulations that have greatly expanded in recent years. Don't let this complex process steal your joy. Call the Nemo Group, the Christian construction company that is serving the Central Florida community with quality, strength, and integrity. The Nemo Group is inspired by the Old Testament work of Nehemiah, and they will build a wall of protection around your construction project. The Nemo Group has a team of pros with over 45 years of collective experience. You can count on them to get your project done right, on time, and for a fair price. The Nemo Group, spelled N-Y-M-O, specializes in church renovations, but is also available for business or homeowner projects. Contact them today at nymogroup.com. That's nymogroup.com. The Nemo Group is a member of the Orlando Tide Network. Hi, this is Pastor Johnny with The Vision, bringing you a message of love and grace on the new 950 WTLN. Sunday mornings at 1045 a.m., or if you can't catch the broadcast at that time, you can get us at WTLN.com 24-7, where you can download the podcast anytime and enjoy that message. That's The Vision on the new 950 WTLN. 
This month on Through the Bible, we're continuing Dr. J. Vernon McGee's study in Isaiah. According to the Bible, man is like grass that withers and dies. How can there be comfort in that? Well, we may be frail and feeble, but the Word of God is strong and secure. It's a hiding place, a foundation upon which we can rest. So don't forget to tune in this week to Through the Bible Radio. Through the Bible, weekdays at 2.30 and 9.30 p.m. on the new 950 WTLN. to the Pat Williams Power Hour on the new 950 WTLN. And now, here's Pat. Well, our guest in that first half hour, Rhonda Ray, uh, talking about joining insanity. <laughs> Daniel Henderson joins us, uh, president of Strategic Renewal and author of The Deeper Life uh, with Bethany House, Satisfying the Eight Vital Longings of Your Soul. Uh, Daniel, it's nice of you to join me. Thank you, Pat. It's a privilege to be in conversation with you. What is the deeper life? What does that mean? Yeah, you know, we open up with a story of Rodin's thinker that we, some of our older crowd member from Dobie Gillis, the man sitting there with his uh, chin on his his fist uh, without any clothes. We call him the thinker. Uh, I often think he's probably trying to figure out where he left his clothes, but (laughs) it's really kind of a picture of the fact that, you know, we were created to ask deeper questions. It's more than just, you know, brush, rinse, repeat, and go to work. But that resonating within our soul are some very deep questions of life that are very, very important that we need to answer. And that's really what this book is all about in a systematic way, helping us find biblical answers to these questions of the soul. Well, let's get started. Uh, Question number one, who is God? Yeah, uh, it was A.W. Tozer who said the most important thing about any person is what comes to mind when they think about God. One of the biblical illustrations of how important that is was Saul on the road to Damascus off to uh, keep eliminating these uh, threats to the Jewish system. And that's where he encountered the living Christ and was struck down. And instinctively, the first question he asked is, who are you, Lord? Uh, Then he obviously went on to say, and what do you want me to do? I think in every soul, the question, the deepest question is, who is God? The, The problem is we live in a smorgasbord. A pluralistic society where that is not an easy question to answer. It's been said that uh, in the beginning God created man, and ever since then man's been trying to return the favor. And uh, so this chapter really helps individuals define their own personal working theology. Uh, there's an opening story, Pat, in the book about a brother, a friend of mine named Greg, who uh, was directly across the street from the bomb at the uh, Boston Marathon, the second bomb that went off with his family. He had been going through a coaching process with this this uh, uh, book, and basically tells his own story that had he not had a very clear uh, theology that was accessible to him because he had worked on and memorized it, he wasn't sure if he would have survived the trauma of that in shepherding his family. It sounds ethereal, Pat, but it's the most practical issue. Do you really know who God is, and is it a working dynamic in your daily renewal process? So we guide people to really define their own theology and renew it on a daily basis as the foundation of the deeper life. Second question, who am I? Yeah, it's a great, great question, and obviously that's the next most important question we believe in a deeper life. Uh, it was Lily Tomlin, the great theologian, <laughs> who mm-hmm. said, I always wanted to be somebody, I should have just been more specific, and I think that kind of resonates with a lot of people. It's been said that a true understanding of yourself is to see yourself as God sees you, no more and no less. But if you don't know God, it's hard to really know who you are. So that question helps people understand who they really are in Christ and to actually write out a personal identity statement that is an expression of their theology and their own position in Christ. So, again, for me personally, Pat, I've written out a personal theology statement, personal identity statement that I'm able to renew every day. Uh, We're saying in the book, the hardest thing about the Christian life is it's so daily. And we're trying to give people tools to define the deeper issues of life for recall and daily renewal on a regular basis. Third question, why am I here? We've all heard, of course, Pat, about the purpose-driven life, which really resonated in millions of people's souls. In our book, we're really taking the approach that you can only define your purpose as you understand your theology and identity, because purpose is ultimately expression of who you are. 
And uh, again, the big question of why am I here resonates in every soul. Uh, the way Paul said it again on the road to Damascus is, Lord, what do you want me to do? And uh, even Nietzsche, who is certainly far from being a, a Christian, he said, he who has a why can bear with almost any how. And it's knowing why you're here that really gives meaning and direction to your life. So so really, the, the book walks them through the foundation of who am I, or who is God, and who am I, and why am I here, as the beginning of a systematic daily renewal. And again, um, that you may notice in the book, only 160 pages are actually content, and then another 50 pages are discovery exercises. Of course, one of them is a discovery process of how to really define a clear sense of mission and purpose in this life. Fourth question, what really matters? You know, we uh, really believe, and I've learned in my own journey, in fact, this book is really just the overflow of the process I went through to make sense of all these things. But we really believe that with the foundation of a theology, an identity, and a purpose, now you have to define kind of the rules of the game. I think we've all had the frustration of playing a table game, I think specifically of Monopoly, you know, there, there's the official rules and then there's the family rules. And really frustrating to play Monopoly with someone who's got a different set of family rules. And uh, really in the book I talk about the fact that the game of life is too important not to clarify the rules. Uh, Paul said if you're going to run the race, you've got to compete according to the rules. So really the question of what really matters is the issue of values. What are your working values? We have... Um, you know, often vague ideas of what our uncompromising convictions are, but if someone walked up to the average Christian, held a gun to the head, say, tell me what your, your uncompromising values are, we would often have a hard time articulating them. And as a young dad, I realized I needed to have some clear values to pass on to my kids when they walked out of the door, but we also need that in our own lives. And so, again, the book takes you through a process of helping define what your core values are putting them together in a way that's going to be easy for recall so that on a daily basis you are reminding yourself of the rules of the game that are going to shape the direction of your life purpose. My guest is Daniel Henderson. We're talking about his book. It's called The Deeper Life, Satisfying the Eight Vital Longings of Your Soul. Uh, Here's the fifth question, Daniel. What shall I do? Yeah, now with, uh, you know, I've had a foundation of theology, identity, and purpose with the guiding kind of uh, rails along the way of values that are going to keep you on track. Um, the question is, now i got to do something with my life, and that's the issue of priorities. Uh, priorities, I say, are the commitments we put first because they are important. And the reason we need priorities, uh, as you well know, is, number one, you can't do everything, and secondly, you can't please everyone. So you have to decide what, in the vital areas of my life, you know, personal life, family life, ministry life, career life, what are the key commitments that are more important than the others? Um, most of my life, that I was a pastor, and uh, I had five priorities that were so key, and I think even in the book of Acts, the early church leaders said, no, we, we can't solve the widow-feeding program, but we do have to commit ourselves to prayer and the ministry of the Word. And I always say it this way, that the power of no is in a stronger yes. It's really hard to say no to people. I, one of my elders, when I was a pastor, often said, Daniel, no is a Christian word. and <laughs> I never <laughs> forgot that, because it's hard to say no. But the power of no is, is in a stronger yes. And priorities, really, Pat, are your yeses. These are the, the key commitments that I have to really resolve, I'm going to dedicate my energies to, because they are the most important. But again, in the process of this book, how do you know what's important? Well, your values help you determine that. And then, as we've already said, values really guide your purpose. Purpose is rooted in identity, and identity is founded in your theology. Who is God? Who am I? Why am I here? What really matters? What shall I do? Now the next one. How shall I do it? Yeah, this gets very tactical now and specific. Um, You know, I think a lot of Christians have a love-hate relationship with goals, a lot of people think, well, goals are a bad thing, it's just a secular idea, but clearly in the Bible there were times when God gave very specific goals to people, whether it was building an ark or constructing a tabernacle, even the life of Jesus was very specific and timely in terms of his mission in this earth. And so goals really are the point at which we become accountable 
to accomplish her priorities. Uh, the idea of a goal was originally a pole or a rod or a stick, you know, at the end of a race. And uh, we talk a lot about smart goals that are specific and measurable and attainable and relevant and time-sensitive. And so in the book, we help people attach goals to their priorities. Um, I'm a type A guy, entrepreneurial. I remember in college writing several pages of goals, uh, one of which was to own a herd of buffalo by the age of 30. And, of course, that didn't happen. And I look back thinking, now, why did I want to do that? And a lot of times our goals can be whimsical and disconnected to some of the core issues of our life. And so in the book, I really help people see the purpose of a goal is to accomplish your priority commitments that, again, are shaped by your values and the other foundational issues of life. So, again, in the book, we give people practical tools about how to define goals that are really going to be meaningful and help you satisfy that longing in your heart for a sense of accomplishment in this life. When shall I do it? That's the seventh question. Yeah. Now, you know, I've got my goals to fulfill my priorities, uh, which is guided by my values on the foundation of my uh, purpose, my identity, and my theology. But it all comes down to time. In the book, I define time, Pat, as... Uh, my stewardship uh, of the opportunities of life, and it really is that. A lot of the listeners realize that in the New Testament, there were two ideas for time. Uh, One was chronos, and that's how we normally think of it, that it's the clock, it's the calendar, it's linear time. And the other concept of time is kairos, uh, which is more of the idea of opportunity. It's, It's moments versus minutes. And again, in the book, we really help people understand that if the Lord has led you, and we believe He has and He will in this process, to establish this foundation for your life and a clear sense of direction, then He is going to bring into your life opportunities to fulfill those things. So kind of the the pithy way we say it in this chapter, Pat, about time, is that the goal is to find kairos in the chaos of our chronos. (laughs) Mm. In other words, to... uh, see those divine opportunities in in the craziness of life that we often are measuring in minutes rather than moments. And one of the illustrations I think the listeners appreciate is that when we look back on our life, we value our life by moments, not by minutes. We we don't say to someone, do you remember at 325 on February 2nd, you know, this happened. We, we say, do you remember that time when we prayed together on the beach? Or do you remember that time when our children were involved in that musical? Uh, when we use the word time, we're, we're using it in terms of moments, not minutes. And really, in the book, we say wisdom is to anticipate your life in terms of moments, not in minutes. But again, the foundation of knowing how to do that is that it's connected to goals and priorities that are meaningful as an expression, again, of values, purpose, identity, and theology. And then there's an eighth question, Daniel. Uh, how will I finish? Yeah, we. when I was writing the book, uh, I originally just had seven questions that I renew my mind in every day. This is a very much a personal process for me. Um, I was going to talk about the issue of vision, which is kind of a picture of, of what you see, but instead, how will I finish really captured the issue of legacy. And uh, it's been said often that an inheritance is what we leave for people. A legacy is what we leave in them. And it's really an opportunity in this final question to say, now, how will my life ultimately count? If I really live a an intentional life of integrity where the pieces fit together, you know, theology fits with identity and purpose, values, priorities, goals, and time, what will it really matter in the long run? And so that final question is an issue of how am I going to finish? And when I cross that finish line, what is it that I will have left behind as a deposit in the lives of other people? One of the exercises we have people do connected to this question is to write an end-of-life letter. And imagine it's the last day of your life, and you are going to think about the deposit you have made in significant others in your journey, and what would you want to say about that deposit? We actually also ask them to write a, a first-minute-in-heaven letter, and kind of from both sides of that eternal crossing point to think about the things that will matter most, because as it's often been said, you know, you begin with the end in mind, and we want to keep people reminded that this isn't just a strategic process for daily renewal, 
around the core questions of the soul, but it's really a process that is going to ultimately enable us all to leave a legacy uh, in the people that we love. My guest is Daniel Henderson, and his book is out, and it's uh, fascinating. It's called The Deeper Life. Uh, Jim Cimbala did the foreword, uh, Satisfying the Eight Vital Longings of Your Soul. Uh, We have another segment with Daniel, so I want you to stay with us. Just a reminder, uh, you're listening to the Pat Williams Saturday Evening Power Hour. It's the new AM 950 WTLN in Orlando, Florida. Uh, Stay with us. More of the Pat Williams Power Hour in just a moment on the new 950 WTLN. I love you, son. So it hurts when you say I hate you. I'm your mother. I'm tired of you disrespecting me when you don't get your way. I work hard to make sure you have everything you need. I should be able to ask you to get out of bed in the morning without a fight. So from now on, things are going to be different. I ordered the Total Transformation Program. We're not going to scream and fight anymore. I'm going to tell you what to do in a different way, and you're going to do it. You're not going to call me ugly names anymore, and if you do, you're going to get consequences that'll keep you from calling me ugly names. We're not going to do things your way anymore, son. We're going to do things the Total Transformation way. Get the Total Transformation free. Just order the program, tell us how it works for you, and you can keep it for free. Call 1-800-540-7346. 1-800-540-7346. Call now. 1-800-540-7346. 1-800-540-7346. Hi, I'm Barbara Sandek, your host on Grace Notes, a 15-minute program that contains biblical teaching and a wide variety of music. Some of the subjects we address are why do we have trials and cultivating intimacy with God. You can listen right here on WTLN every Sunday at 2.45 p.m. Can't catch the whole broadcast? Visit our podcast on the web 24-7 on WTLN.com. So tune in. You won't want to miss it. How many times has she said, it's not how much you spend, it's the thought that counts. Give mom the ultimate expression of that love with a fabulous and free Mother's Day e-card from CrossCards.com. Okay, so you've heard about half-price tuition, a great new program we have where folks just like you can purchase tuition to the finest Christian schools in Central Florida at half price. Visit AmazingRadioDeals.com. Half-price tuition. Go online to AmazingRadioDeals.com. Listening to the Pat Williams Power Hour on the new 950 WTLN. And now, here's Pat. Daniel Henderson is our guest, and uh, we're glad that he's with us. Uh, he and his wife uh, live near Denver, Colorado. And, uh, Daniel, I want you to get into this one because uh, it's important. Uh, why do you think so many people struggle with a superficial existence? Yeah, I think, um, you know, it's the nature of the spiritual battle, for one thing. Uh, our, lives, the, our lives these days are so pressure-packed with technology and distractions. Um, you know, it's been said that if the devil can't make us bad, he'll just keep us busy. And, and I do think the pace of life today is so frenetic. Uh, there is so much noise that it's hard for us to take time to really think about the things that matter most. Uh, I do a lot of ministry to pastors and churches now, Pat, and one of the things I tell leaders is that the devil doesn't have to destroy you. He simply has to distract you. And uh, I really believe what this book does, it helps people stop long enough and gives them the tools to not just meander through life hoping for the best, but to be very intentional about what I believe are the core struggles of our life and to take the time to find biblical answers that are clear and specific and can become tools for daily renewal. And, and I talk a lot, Pat, in the book about uh, a life of intentionality and integrity and impact. Being intentional in the midst of all the chaos, into, in integrating these answers together in a way that makes sense. I always say integrity is a life that fits together, where the pieces fit together. And that's what I have loved about this process in my own life, and we've taught it all around the world, and uh, material in its early form translated into about 14 languages, just resonating in the souls of people in a way that really makes sense in terms of winning the daily battle, and then ultimately so that we can have an impact, a life of impact for Christ. And again, I just think that we get so distracted, so busy, uh, 
that we tend to just settle in uh, to a superficial existence rather than a real life of intentionality and impact. Daniel, you mentioned earlier Rick Warren's book, The Purpose Driven Life. How would you say your book differs from, from Rick's book? Yeah, I think uh, the difference, and I've loved Rick's book and know Rick and love his ministry, but I think the difference for this is it kind of frames purpose, both on the front end and the back end, uh, with some of the other issues that are so vital to fulfill that purpose. As we said in the first segment, I really believe that foundational to purpose is certainly a relationship with Christ, which Rick clearly subscribes to in terms of understanding a purpose-driven life. But beyond that, a working theology. It's been said, in fact, Rick has said it, that nothing is dynamic until it is specific. And it's also been said that thoughts tend to disentangle themselves as they cross over the lips and through the fingertips. (laughs) And so, as I mentioned, a good portion of this book is actually exercise, is not just telling you to have a purpose or to have a theology or identity, but showing you how to discover that from the Scriptures in a gospel-oriented focus, and then uh, specifically find renewal statements that you can use every day. So purpose is really at the core of this book, but it's built on the foundation of a clear understanding of who God is and who I am in Christ, and then the outliving of that purpose really is shaped, as we said in the previous segment, by my values, and then implemented by my priorities, my goals, and my management of time. Daniel, how has this renewal strategy made a difference in your own life? Uh, It's a great question, Pat. You know, for many years, as a Christ follower, as a young father, a husband, a pastor, uh, these questions just continued to resonate in my soul, and I knew I needed to get answers, but again, as we said earlier, things are just busy and chaotic, and Finding time to do it was always a challenge. And I began to wonder how they fit together. I kind of, the way I described it, it felt like my life was a jigsaw puzzle. I just couldn't get the pieces to fit. And as I prayed and worked, it became clear to me that there is actually an order and a systematic way in which these core questions of the soul align. And that's where I realized it began with my theology, It, it then moved to my identity, then my purpose and then my values, priorities, goals, time, and ultimately a legacy. And so for me, actually, Pat, not only have I worked hard at continuing to refine these answers and remember them on a regular basis, I've actually recorded them on my uh, iPod, and uh, I'm able to listen to myself talking to myself about the things that really matter. And uh, again, as we said earlier, the hardest thing about the Christian life is it's so daily. And we talk in the book about the daily win. Uh, which is an acrostic for worship, integrity, and nonconformity. And as we deal with, with the devil, we deal with flesh, we deal with the world around us, I really believe coming to terms with these questions in a way that really works every day and that fits together systematically is the key to a life of worship, integrity, and nonconformity as we journey through this life in obedience to Christ. What can you tell us about these eight discovery exercises you get into in Part 2? Yeah, that's a great question, Pat. I think this is really where the, the, the punch of the whole book really comes into focus. For example, with regard to theology, you know, trying to develop a personal theology statement is like trying to take an ocean of truth and put it into a thimble of understanding, you know. So how do I do that? So, for example, Pat, one of the things we do, we help people uh, just identify some of their common struggles, whatever it might be. It could be anger. It could be unforgiveness. It could be greed, it could be lust, who knows what it might be, depression. And after they do that assessment, then we help them realize how certain of God's attributes are particularly powerful in helping to counteract those tendencies. And um, another process for that, we help them to kind of review their journey. Um, I believe one of the keys to God's will is learning to trust our great moments. And we kind of take them through an exercise of identifying the great moments of their spiritual journey And what did God reveal to them about himself in those moments? Because there's purpose in that. And so the combination of my struggles and my great moments converging into a real definition of which of the truths about Christ and God and the Holy Spirit do I need to really renew my mind in on a daily basis? And just that exercise alone has been a game-changer for thousands, just to come back to the truth of who God is. You know, The Bible says, be still and know that I am God. 
and in the core of our soul to really have an experiential working ability to recall the truth of God in the middle of the battle is often where the game is won or lost on a daily basis. As we move into the last two minutes here, Daniel, how can a person get the most out of the deeper life process? Uh, it's a great, great uh, question, Pat. Obviously, we would encourage them to order the book, uh, BethanyHouse.com, Christian Bookstore, Amazon, Kindle, whatever the case is, um, and to go through these exercises. But, you know, it's even better together. And at our uh, ministry, which is StrategicRenewal.com, we have put together a nine-week video-based discussion series for small groups so that a week at a time together you can help each other discover these answers and that's such a vital part of, of maximizing the experience and again that's available at strategicrenewal.com uh, finally pat we put together a personal coaching process we have five certified coaches who actually walk business people and moms uh, pastors through this process over a period of months and it's called 8Q Coaching because there are eight questions. So that's 8QCoaching.com. So personally going through the book, using the exercises, going through it as a group, a Sunday school class, a small group, a men's study, or actually going through the coaching process. And I really believe that, not only by my own testimony, but literally thousands of others who have gone through this process, that it does become a game changer in winning the daily battle. What do you teach pastors? You know, pastors are people just like the rest of us. They just have an unusual calling. And we have taken pastors and coaching groups through this process and has not only clarified their own sense of well-being and identity. I think pastors struggle with a lot of spiritual battle and insecurity. It's really helped them win the game on that front, but it's also made them more holistic in their ability to help others. And uh, we're getting ready to start some new groups of pastors to walk them through this process together so they can live a whole balanced uh, life of integrity, intentionality, and impact, as we said. What's next for you, Daniel? Well, I'm going to continue with this this journey. You know, um, our ministry exists to ignite the heart of the Church through personal renewal, congregational revival, and leadership restoration. And, Pat, what resonates in my heart is that the single greatest need in our country today is Jesus Christ living through a revived Church. So we're just going to keep living out that mission and believe that ultimately revival will be the game-changer, Uh, But with reference to this book, it starts one heart at a time, and we hope the tools we give people will really make a difference. Daniel Henderson, author of The Deeper Life, our guest. Daniel, thanks a million. Great to talk to you. Thank you, Pat. we got a wrap-up right after this on the Pat Williams Saturday Evening Power Hour. It's the new AM 950 WTLN in Orlando. More of the Pat Williams Power Hour in just a moment on the new 950 WTLN. This is Dennis McKenzie for Families by Design. Strong families are designed by God. Do you want your family designed by God? For inspirational principles for today's families, listen to Families by Design with your hosts, Dr. Daniel Forbes and Dr. John Brooks. Families by Designs airs every Sunday at 9 p.m. That's Families by Design on the new 950 WTLN. Quality, convenient, affordable. Carolina Mountain Water has been serving Central Florida for over 25 years with the best quality and best tasting water at the most affordable price. Carolina Mountain Water offers free home and office delivery with no annual contract or minimum order. Get refreshed for the new year by calling 407-851-7144. The purest water Mother Nature can provide. Carolina Mountain Water. 407-851-7144. Call today for their special offer. 407-851-7144. Online at carolinabottledwater.com. Listening to the Pat Williams Power Hour on the new 950 WTLN. And now, here's Pat. Thanks so much for joining us once again on the Pat Williams Saturday Evening Power Hour. Rhonda Ray was our first guest, uh, talking about her new book, Join the Insanity. And then Daniel Henderson, president of Strategic Renewal, uh, talking about. His new book, The Deeper Life. Please visit my website. It's patwilliams.com, uh, the Twitter page, Orlando Magic Pat. And I've got two books out this spring. One is called The Mission is Remission, Hope for Battling Cancer. HCI is the publisher. And also, uh, Coach Wooden's Greatest Secret. Uh, that's with Ravel Publishers. And uh, both of those books are in bookstores and up on Amazon.com as well. 
Uh, have a wonderful day tomorrow with your family in church and a great week ahead. And we're back next weekend for more of the Pat Williams Weekend Power Hour, AM 950 WTLN in Orlando. And uh, have a terrific week. Thank you for joining us for this week's edition of the Pat Williams Power Hour. Join us again next week at this same time on the intersection of faith and reason. The new 950 WTLN.